Welcome back to part two of this season's first episode of Central Valley Politics Podcast, brought to you from the Student Media Center at California State University, Stanislaus, home to The Signal, student-run newspaper, and 91.9 KCSS, the Valley's true alternative college radio station. You can find both online at csusignal.com and kcss.net. I'm your host, Shannon Stevens. In part two of our first episode of the season, Hilda is joined again by Clara Zapian as they interview Amy Bublack, who is returning to the city council, this time as the District 4 representative. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out part one when the team chats with Gillis Scare, who's beginning his first year as the Turlock City Council's first District 2 representative. Hi, I'm Hilda, and um, I have taken over the Central Valley Politics podcast, and so I will be hosting and producing and editing it. I'm Clara Zapian, and I was part of the Central Valley podcast last semester, so I'm continuing with that. And I'm Amy Bublack. I'm a city council member with the city of Turlock, and I'm on my third term. All right. So uh, first question how does it feel to be reelected? And then how does it feel to be reelected with such a close margin? Because I know it was only within a f- uh, 40 votes. 33 votes. 33 <gasps> votes. Wow. Each win's always awesome. Yeah. Who, who nobody wants to lose. It was kind of anticlimactic, though, if you will, only because it was an extra month and people had forgotten about it. I mean, I hadn't, obviously, and I'm, <laughs> I'm certain my opponents hadn't. But it just kind of, when you see people, it's like, Oh, yeah, you won, you know, so it was, you didn't get that, that great feeling that you want because you went into the holidays and everybody was gone. So <laughs> it, it was, I'm glad that I got, you know, another opportunity and I just take it at, at the 33 more people helped me out and mm-hmm. here I am. Like if that, like everyone's always talking about how like my vote doesn't matter, but like I feel like elections like this where it's so close shows you how clearly your vote really does matter. It does. It you know, and I, I counted each person, like as I'm going along. You know, I'm making contact. I'm making double contact, triple, sometimes four times. I went around to these people's houses, just to make sure they understood how badly I wanted it, because I knew that it was gonna it was gonna be close. You have two, you know, people that are already in position, so it it was just a matter of who outworked whom, really. Mm-hmm. Um, how how is the district change? this year in comparison to the past really it doesn't i mean you're you're still responsible or i'm still responsible for the entire city and votes on everything and so it's interesting because the newly elected uh, member to the west side district two seemed uh surprised that i was actually at a uh, an event that was for the west side but we're going to have to vote on it. And I need to know, not all those people are going to make it to the meeting. And I want to know what they had to say because I need to represent them. Um, and then what do you want to say to those who did vote for you? Just keep telling everybody, thank you. And if those who didn't vote for me, come come and talk to me. No, I don't need to know why you didn't vote for me. But if you need something and I can help you, I still want to help you, whether mm-hmm. it's in my district or within the city. That's It's my responsibility. And I... I, I hold no ill will towards anybody. And, and I there are people I've seen, and I know that they, you know, Facebook, I know who supported <laughs> who. But it doesn't it doesn't matter because I still have a job to do, and, and I'm not going to just turn somebody away because well, I think you didn't support me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Facebook gets gets you no matter what it is. You find these people <laughs> out of nowhere. Even if you're not looking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Um, so what what's the top priority that you have for your district? So like fixing roads or parking, what is it to you? Well, right now the road thing kind of solved itself by the public voting for the proposition. And so I, I, I don't really need to focus on that per se, plus ma majority of that area, at least 50% of my district is already taken care of in that they pay more money for an assessment. So it, it's going to come at different times. The issues will come and, and we'll face them and we'll move on. Um, at one point, it was the railroad tracks, which we took care of. Uh, there's some lighting issues over by Pittman. And these are not innocuous things because it bothers my constituents, therefore it bothers me. But it's in the big scheme of things, if something's going to cost a lot of money, I need at least two more votes on my council. So I need to always bring in other people, my colleagues, to look at things from my from my perspective to help me to support the cause as well. Okay, so then there's no like top priority. Everything's kind of like equal. Yeah, I, I wouldn't prioritize anything other than, you know, safety is always an issue. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that'll that always be my, my first yeah, and foremost. Yeah, especially with your background, <laughs> of course. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what would you like to accomplish during your term? I really want to make sure. I think right now we have come to a position where we really have an amazing group of people working, right? And our staff is just great i mean they, they everybody is so committed to the city and we just had a recognition last night uh from five to six for our employees it those people are who are are the ones that we need to count on and they're the ones making us look good i mean we're, we're just merely asking them to do things and then they take it and run with it so when i look at what i want to do it's i want to make sure our employees are happy i want to make sure that they feel that they're they're um, a part of the team and then make sure that our constituents feel like they're being heard. And and so I don't want to project again because I'm only one vote. But I think things will come along and we'll we'll face them when we do. I think it'll be good. I really feel like people will come and find me. I still have people who call upon me from other districts and new people who, hey, when, when I met you three out of the four times you came by the house, you said X, Y, Z. And did you mean it? And I'm like, yeah. So I brought them into the fold. I mean, people will reach out to me, and I and I appreciate that. Okay, so um, obviously to prepare for the interview, I was looking back at some of the um, city council meetings that you, that have happened, mm -hmm. and um, there was a mention of adding a penalty of twenty five dollars if the household of a single family household um, used over forty thousand gallons of water a month. Mm -hmm. So I was just wondering what um, the expected outcome was for this decision and then the long-term goal of this that was applied. Typically, most people aren't going to exceed that. A very small amount are, are exceeding that. It's, it's an enormous amount of money uh, or uh, water, I'm sorry. But what my intent is, is that the people who are not able to pay for things be cognizant of what they're using because sometimes it's just them not knowing how to turn water off or change the cycle or they have a leak and they don't know about it. But once they're cognizant, we've identified the problem, they'll keep it within the, the range that is allowable. At the same time, I'm, it's my hope and I've been trying for the last year and a half to get it where that penalty money will be put into people who can't pay, who are on a fixed uh, income that just are, you know, they, for whatever reason, they're living paycheck to paycheck, social security check, and I think that that's where the benefit of the penalty will actually help the people who can't help themselves. But it's our it's our job to to educate people and say, you know, this is this is really a lot of water you're using. 
Yeah, that's true. I feel like whenever anybody wants to get something done, as soon as money gets involved, that's when things actually start happening, whether it be a penalty or like fundraising just that's when things actually start to change money does make people think and <laughs> yeah. and that's important because what what we we actually changed was when we presented when staff presented it to us initially it was okay you're going to get fined well i prefer that we do like we've done on other things where we're actually going to go forward and say okay you could be fined or you can go online and look at all these different options on how to to save water so that we can educate them and then it's free it's not it's but if you want to continue to use excessive then i think actually we should tier it i think it should be those people who are spending or utilizing twice as much as anybody else mm-hmm. they should pay more than 25 dollars yeah. because that's not going to matter to them so i think that we'll start it and then we'll figure out where it goes but never is the intent to hurt the people who just can't pay and if and if people have just a huge household and are using that much water They'll be able to come back and say, listen, this is this is the reason we're using it and help us to see if there's actually maybe some leakage or something. But if not, then we'll be able to look, address that and they're not necessarily going to be having a penalty. Yeah, that's a good idea of, te- of the first step of trying to teach them and then find it. I feel like that would also be effective. So in that same meeting, there was also an approval of um, the use of our local bus routes for students yeah. for the next five years. So um, what do you want students to get out of this and what do you want um, the town to get out of this? Like what difference do you want to be made in the town because of this? There's a couple different things. So uh, my in- interest is that the community is part of the campus and vice versa. And so it, it's two guys were uh, up last night to, to get the mayor's award. They're going to put together a bridge, if you will, um, Nathan and uh, uh, Logan. I watched it. Yeah, Logan wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. I texted him asking why. Um, but the only aspect of that that they're missing, and I think is awesome, is the alumni, which is me, right? Um, but, I mean, on, on city council, I can, I can be part of that bridge. But there's so many alum that are just not being considered in that concept but you want those students to be able to travel and get all over town and see what they like and don't like and at the same time you want to make sure that people are coming to the campus and hearing about you know things that are going on whether it be sports which obviously i'm going to come to or other little things that 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 take place and so we want to bring people constantly here and the students going there and alumni being cognizant of all of it and transportation obviously especially as a student i mean i had a skateboard so (laughs) i get it yeah definitely parking is an issue here so skateboard would be a very smart (laughs) idea to get around here so speaking about buses there was also mention for um the local third business parties to sell the tickets um or have them there so um could you give an update as to how that's going i have not been part of that i don't know that i mean i don't you said you watched last night, so yeah. you heard that we had some buses uh, yeah, the, the catch fire. on fire. Yeah, so um, I think we probably put our focus on trying to make sure yeah. we get some buses up and going. Um, and then as far as selling the tickets or having some some way for people to get them, I, I think we're, we avoided the concept of having the, the kiosks initially because oh, yeah. it is cost costly. But I, I'm, I'm certain that once they identify some, some businesses that are your guys' places that you're going to, and that'll always be changing as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to know when, you know, okay, that place is kind of worn out as welcome, and now we need to move it over here so that people are utilizing it to the fullest extent. Um, so, you know, speaking about um, the the bus fire, how is that handled? Because I, I just read about that, but, like, how, how do you guys deal with that when something like that happens? 
for us, it's it's our staff, right? So um, it, it also, it's federal funding. So we have to keep a, a communication with the, the feds and make sure that if there was an investigation that they're privy to it, if, if in fact it was some sort of yeah, criminal aspect. Um, and then those buses, I don't know if, I don't know personally if they were ours or if they were federal monies that were, so I, I don't know how harmed we are financially, but obviously we're harmed in that we're not providing a, a service that we want our, our constituents to have immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, so now that the election is over, um, would you consider working with the press again? Because I know you were kind of known for not wanting um, to speak with a lot of newspapers. So <laughs> would you, um, like, how are you there? I was totally receptive to you guys. Let's <laughs> oh, be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. I never I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason I stopped was the I, I'm a pragmatic person. And the conversation was between the, the 9th of November, oh, and I actually spoke on the 8th. I spoke to somebody from The Signal. Mm -hmm. um, from the 9th of November until the 5th of December, I, all I was gonna, what would I say to you? I ran because I wanted to win and I hope I won. I mean, that yeah. it just seems silly to me to keep feeding a fire of something that it just, I'm not that person. I need to just let it just, you know, play out. I don't wanna be arrogant. I don't wanna be condescending. I'm just hoping I win. And so I text, um, I think the, the, somebody from the journal and said, listen, I. I'm not going to sit here and be hypothetical with you. When it happens, I'm I'm all here. I just don't want to be that person. And clearly, I'm not. The B wasn't fair to me, so I wasn't going to talk to them. So, but you guys weren't on the list of. <laughs> I know that's what that's what we were talking about too. I was like, hey, she came and talked to us. Just I know. Fine. I was like, yeah. So I, like, I was like, you make us feel. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm CSU, right? Yeah. <laughs> We, we love the support. We really yeah. do. Um, but, like, that's why it was kind of difficult for me to want to ask this question because, like, you are completely receptive to us, which I completely appreciate, but also I was curious. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just it, – I, I'm never going to be speculating. It, yeah. It's not my, my nature. And, it, honestly, it was it just kept coming. Well, what do you think? What do you, and it's, I hope I won. You're like, right? I don't know. Just right. let it go. I mean, it's, it's nerve-wracking. <laughs> mm -hmm. and I feel like it's a lot of pressure. Oh, I'm sure it is. There's nothing you <laughs> yeah. can do. You're sitting there with nothing that For you can change. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. I know as much as you know at this I, point. And so I even went to the, the uh, elections office because somebody said, oh, yeah, the, the woman up there was saying, what, nobody from Turlock's here. So I thought, okay, I'll go. I get there, and she's like, well, you're not welcome here because okay. you can't you can't do, you know, you can't come across the, the desk or whatever. It's like, <sighs> I mean, just and yeah. then you're just watching from afar. And so it, we were I, all at the sidelines at that point. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. State of Michigan counted their entire uh, election, and I was just waiting. It wasn't a recount. Like oh people are like, goodness. "Oh, I heard you you want a recount." They did. It wasn't a recount. It was just a count. It was the first count. <laughs> they are very thorough up there. Yeah. Um. So, oh, oh you want... yeah. No, you go ahead. Okay. So, um, finishing up the Turlock City Council questions, mm -hmm. I had another question. Hopefully, you could let me know because I have no idea what this is. It was about um amendment number three, and then the preparation of hydrogeological rehabilitation services at well 31 that was like one of the things that was um on the agenda that i read and i was just so confused i didn't know what it was i wanted okay so it's probably in our consent item maybe and i so in our consent item those mm -hmm. are things that we're just we're just um usually authorizing financial uh and it's typically water is always coming from the enterprise it doesn't come from our general fund mm -hmm. which is always good for people to hear 
Um, and our, we've been having a lot of well problems. Uh, obviously, now it's going to be a little yeah. better. But still, the state of California has a, a moving target, uh, if you will. And so when they'll tell us that there's a specific calculation of, of um, all these different uh, nutrients that have to be in it, and then that changes, then we have to do something different, and it cost us a lot of money. So that was probably just an upgrade for that. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, because I was just, I'm like, those big words, it's a lot to yeah, take in right? and comprehend. <laughs> and actually, now that you talk about that, that does make sense. Because at that time, I was in my hometown, Kerman, and I remember that they got a paper saying that something in the California regulation had changed, and they needed to just let people know. So now I can connect it's, those dots. It's the governor's fault. <laughs> just blame it on the governor. <laughs> So last time we talked, there was also mention of home homelessness and safety mm -hmm. as being a priority. So I was wondering if there's anything new that has been added since you've been reelected. Uh, well, a new chief. Mm -hmm. So we have the new police chief, uh, Nino Amafar. And um, he was already within the, the position. He was the interim for the last few months. But he's uh, extremely cognizant of what's going on. He he walks back and forth from the public safety facility, which is two blocks away, to City Hall. So um, just even today, I, I ran into him. I was on my way to something else and saw him, and he was talking about uh, having the challenge of some people calling and complaining about people who are residing um, on their property, their their business property, and how, how he handled it expeditiously. And it's just it's just a matter of knowing that everybody wants to help people and we will help people but we also want to make sure that nobody else is, is harmed by it you know the businesses want to be able to make money and the the people who don't have residences want to be warm so it's just trying to figure out how to make everybody at yeah. least have a chance um, when we interviewed Gil Esker, he actually mentioned panhandling. Is that also what you were referring to about some of the businesses, people calling in? There are some aggressive panhandlers, yes. And that's always uh, an issue where if somebody calls, then we have a victim. But if you just say, you know, hey, my friend said, then the police can't do anything. Mm -hmm. So it, it, a lot of times it's just not having a victim. And so people need to be really aware that if they, they feel like fearful, they should just call the police, you know, walk away, keep an eye on whomever it was that was aggressively saying, give me money and then let us take care of it because we don't want that. There, there's no reason anybody should be walking around feeling as if they have to just empty their pockets. Thank you. And um, so going off of that a little bit, uh, there have recently been spikes in hate crimes. Um, so not only like throughout the country, but also in cities, um, pretty close to us, like Sacramento and such. And so what is Turlock doing in order to assure that there's peace and acceptance in the city? Like, what's the protocol for handling hate crimes here in Turlock? Well, as far as protocols go for criminal stuff, we never actually share the exact Ooh. thing because, you know, you're supposed to give a little bit of a strategic. Uh, <laughs> but as far as, I mean, we, you know, each of us as, as elected officials converse with different cultures and, and groups constantly. And, and we know that there's always going to be um, disputes amongst groups. And so we try and keep everybody close and have these conversations so that people don't feel as if they're not being at least represented. Um, just, just recently, not a hate crime, but um, the Sikh community came to us and said, hey, you guys did you know, a great job with the transportation, except now we don't have a way to get to our, our Sikh temple for the elderly because it dropped off like a half a mile away <laughs> oh. and and something we just never thought of right and so they could probably say we hate them but it, w it was totally just ignorance you know I, I totally apologized I, I didn't think I don't write it I didn't know and made me more aware 
that I need to, you know, once we make a change, I should probably check it out and see what's going on. Also, try and make sure all the cultural differences are looked at as we're talking or have somebody representative. As far as hate crimes, any other way, there's so many things that can be constituted as a hate crime. It's it's really long list. Um, I think that most people in Turlock were really good about just being just fair and, and looking at people as people. And I think that's why it, we're a far more comfortable community. Yeah, that's one thing that I was discussing with some of the other students here that there's really not that much. Everybody just loves each other here. I feel like everybody, right. it's, it's like harmony. It's almost like living in wherever Care Bears live. I feel like that's kind of <laughs> what it's like here. Because when there's been times where my car's, um, like the battery has died or something, and people come up to us and ask us to, if we need help. We don't even need to go and ask. So that's awesome. That just, that makes me feel like comfortable being in Turlock. Yeah, that's happened to me too as well, actually, now that See, I think I'm about telling it. you, we just get used to it because that's where we're at all the time. That's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah, there was a time that my car um, stopped in like this big old puddle of water. Like it was in a residential neighborhood and this woman comes out in like th those like fishing rain boots, like the really long ones. And yeah. she's like, oh, let me help you push your car out of the way. <laughs> nice. And I was like, oh, my God, like you guys are so nice. <laughs> it was like my first semester here. And I was like, people here are so nice. I love it here. I can definitely see why you think it's Care Bear Land. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, so how do you feel about the current state of our nation? I think that there's a lot of adults or chronologically gifted people that are constitute adult that aren't <laughs> acting like that on every side. It's, it's, it's really disheartening to, to watch people because at the end of the day, we all have to, to come to some consensus or nothing gets done. And if we're always trying to get that, I gotcha moment, I just fear that there's just nothing good that can come from it. And it's just, it's absolutely at its, its worst right now. And I don't know how that's going to change, but I'm going to be the person I am to constantly make sure within our little confines of Turlock and Stanislaus County that, you know, I, I don't have to like you to work with you. I, I, I want something good to come from whatever the conversation is. So hopefully other people will do it as well, but it's, it's not good. I know. Let's make all the nation care land. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so living in an agricultural area, there's no question that minorities contribute a lot to the Central Valley, especially uh, where we live. So what would you tell them with all the obstacles that they're having to face due to our new national administration? I think I would liken it to Obamacare and how that was done too quickly, in my estimations. I, I think that you don't, you don't swallow an elephant, you have to take bites, right? And so just like that happened in the last term, the last president's term, I think that we should be looking at it. Okay, if we want to do something, let's get everybody around the table, and we're still trying to, to get people uh, there, you know, in their positions for the the um, cabinet. So we need all those people's input because without it, we're not going to know what we're, we're doing. And, and I, there's no, you know, our forefathers didn't expect the president or leaders to be the know-all. That's why you hire all these different people to, to bring their expertise to the table. And, and from that, I think that then we'll have a better way to, to start picking it off, if you will, and choose what what's best for our safety and then for our communities. Um, do you have anything that you want to talk about that we haven't touched on or that we forgot to mention? 
Yes. So uh, I've been talking to a gentleman in Boston who really wants to get um, a ride sharing, uh, bike sharing here in town. And uh, so I, I, I want the support of the, the students and get some uh, awareness out there. I, I don't ride a bike, but uh, I know that a lot of my, my peers did when I was going to college. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're trying to use, even though it's a smaller community, use those types of ideas to see if they're they're workable here so could you explain what bike sharing is yeah i was gonna ask because I, <laughs> I have a hazy idea of what it yeah. is but can you so explain? do i yeah i was really scared you're gonna say that because i've been putting it on you guys um I, i'm not entirely certain he's called several times and i've asked he's like are you supportive of it i'm not sure what it is but if in my mind because you've never explained but in my mind it would be that we're talking about where just like like san francisco right right uh, where like they have the, the bike kind of thing is it well, where they have the bikes and you like rent them? You can, yeah, I believe okay. it's that way. So, that's what I was thinking yeah, when you said it. Right. So that's my, my expectation is that like a car where that you just park it and leave it and move, keep moving, you know, kind of thing. Bikes the same way because if you just need to get from one place to another or whatever, you know, and unfortunately when I worked in the city of Richmond, there was a, it was kind of like that. But what you did is the, the thieves would just steal the cars at the, uh, Oh. at uh, the BART and then they'd get themselves to the other place and leave the stolen car, you know, so I'm hoping we can do it in a lawful way yeah. with bikes. That sounds like a good idea. It a does. lot of it people do great. use bikes here now that you mention it. And yeah. I don't have to keep finding places to park my car when it's always packed. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a stress when I come to school. It's like, am I going to find parking to be in class on time? So bikes would be helpful. You could come earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, even coming early, there's this guy who said that he circled the parking lot 20 minutes trying to find a spot. Wow. Mm, That's what like I was telling I was like, we need a parking garage for students. I know, right? What about that area in the corner? I was going to ask you, like, do you know? You guys that? own, Could we, the state we... owns where the dorms used to be across oh, the, really? uh, from gear. We should put on a the other side of the, the track over yeah. there. That, that was the dorms. So Yosemite Hall, I live mm. there. So why, why not? How would we propose a parking garage? I'm serious about this. I just feel like I feel like you know how to tell me how You're to so propose. Well, you need to you need to speak with uh, President John, but okay. you know her and Nicole, the, your president, probably could have a, a conversation about where or if or. But the state of California, on your land, you don't have the same rules as the city of Turlock, and so they're less cumbersome in some ways. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. No, you're you're giving me advice on air. I know, <laughs> but hey, somebody else could use this advice too. So that's absolutely, fine. absolutely. Um, Claire, do you have any final questions? No, that's it. Final thank thoughts? you so much for answering all these questions. No, I'm glad you guys finally had me back. I was like, you you invited me, and then you're like, hey, will you come? And I was like, I already said I would. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we were just making sure because. The last person, well, Gil, he sent me an email that I didn't get saying he was lost. So I was like, oh my gosh, I've been getting emails late. So I just didn't oh, want you to be here no, and no, be no, lost no. Oh, or yeah. something. Yeah, I'm good. No. See? <laughs> just double checking. Stanislaus, I'll be here. All right. Thank you right. so much. So Thank any you. last final thoughts, maybe? Something you want to leave off on? You know what? Um, I Maybe I start coming like once a month to the open quads just the you know when you guys are having stuff and so if anybody has any questions they can come find me i'll come you know or something just so we there, I, I want that communication always i this is this is your university this is my university right i mean it's just this is where i'm from so i my heart is here so i want to make sure that the students you guys are the future so you figure out if you, you need help with something or you have ideas just come to me and we'll see if anything can come from it all right thank you thank you
I hope you enjoyed today's Central Valley Politics podcast. Special thanks to our reporter, Clara Zapian of The Signal, our producer and engineer, Hilda Flores of The Signal and KCSS, and to our music composer, Gracie Carrillo. And of course, thank you to our Turlock City Council representatives, Gillis Gare and Amy Bublack. Remember, if you have anything you'd like us to research for you, an event you think we should cover, if there's something you just want to discuss in a future podcast, please tweet The Signal, at CSU Signal, or me directly, at Shannon Stevens. You can also send an email to stanstatepodcasts at gmail.com, or call me. That number is 209-667-3554. Be sure to check out Hilda and Clara's story about Gillis Gare and Amy Bublack at csusignal.com. And thanks for listening. Be sure to check back soon for more updates from the team at Central Valley Politics. This is Shannon Stevens, signing off in the Student Media Center at Stan State. Stan State.